welcome to this Brovcast, the English language Brovka Bado podcast that nobody asked for. My name is David. And of course I didn't listen to the debate. Did you? I, I bet you did, didn't you? No, I didn't. Three o'clock in the morning, well, two old guys shouting about, I don't know, things. No. I mean, some people will be listening to this at three o'clock in the morning and it's two just... Well, I'm going to say for me, slightly middle-aged bloke yelling about things. Sleepy but. David Schmidt. <laughs> All right, I'll be him oh, if you're Trump then. Oh, me. <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Anyway. <laughs> move on, move on. What's on? What, what are we doing today, David? Well, we've we got an absolute shit ton of stuff to get through. Um, so shut up, old man. Um, <laughs> or shut up, man, whatever it was he said. Anyway, so we've got an absolute... We've got loads of stuff to go through. We have trips to Olomouc and Pulzen. We've got Beer of the Podcast. We've got your friend and mine, Jakob Chernian. We've got a preview of Cardina and a little bit of Yehlava, maybe yeah. for the cup, a little couple of minutes of Yehlava. Uh, we've got a very good outro, and we have the return of both Rabbit's Review and Railway Station Jingles. Wow. It promises to be a packed programme tonight. So uh, let's get on with it. Hooray! Sigma. Foy was the cry from, well, not that kid that I mentioned last week because he wasn't there, but uh, Sigma Foy generally, um, a tale of, well, for six goals, in fact, mm-hmm. um, a very, very inexperienced starting lineup in a 3-5-2, yeah. which eventually led to our inevitable downfall. Mm-hmm. I think that sums that up pretty well. Great, we can move on then. <laughs> I'm afraid not. We have to pick it apart a little bit. Fantastic. I'm All right. Well, I mean, I was there, so I should remember. I did when you just did the intro. Going, we're talking about Sigma Olomouc. So I was like, oh, oh yeah, that game. That um, happened, didn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Um, interesting spectacle. Um, generally speaking, actually, um, the like you said, the three, the return of the three five two, and not through any real. Um, tactical thing, but just the sheer lack of players. Don't have defenders. Yeah. Um, um, in fact, we started with a back three of uh, Sedlak, Lavica, and uh, Chernin. Then the five across midfield were Honza Hladik, Andre Vanek, uh, Honza Koldelka, uh, Pachlotnik, and Shumbara, and then the regular front two of Psychistal and Rusek. And it started actually pretty well. It, yeah, it started pretty well. I mean, Sigma did hit the post in the second minute. Yeah. But... And then well, generally, it looked like, oh my god, we kept shape for a bit. It yeah. was very strange like that. I mean, after four minutes, Prikistal had a chance, and then after nine minutes, he had another chance. Pachlopnik down the right hand side, back inside the Shumbra, lays it off to Prikistal, and a slightly scrappy 1 0, but they all count. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good, you know, nice start. And then it looked like we, you know, we're actually doing pretty well. Yeah, I thought that um, probably for the. F- uh, Hitting the post aside, Sigma Olomouc looked really poor for the first half an hour. Mm-hmm. That might be due to the... Due, do? I've, I've been watching the debate, obviously. Do. Um, probably due to the fact that uh, five in the middle pretty much just stifled a 4-3-3 that Sigma were operating under. Yeah, however, they then worked out the best way to do it was ball over the top because we mm-hmm. were playing quite high and we had three very inexperienced defenders and two on each side of our midfield who were not wing-backs, really. Yes. So that was how their equaliser came. It was a counter-attack uh, led by uh, Neshbor, who slipped the ball through to the unusually named Gresh Shark, who has a mm-hmm. double sh in the middle of his name, which I'm very much against. It's really annoying to pronounce. <laughs> um, and yeah, he sort of just sort of slotted the ball home mm-hmm. past a, a sort of, you know bemused no man's land floater didn't he really yeah that, i mean that was one thing that probably became very evident throughout the uh throughout the game was that as you say that sort of pocket between your back three and where a wing back probably should be mm-hmm. was mainly the, the the attacking areas that sigma were possessing like a lot of free kicks we conceded in that area there was a lot of attempts to track back that didn't really work there was a few times that they were able to slip the ball through and we got to an extent um lucky because they've not been able to get the final um the final product sort of like into a goal scoring position or uh the, you know it's been sort of caught by the by the goalkeeper but i mean going into the half 
one each wasn't actually terrible. No, um, it was I think decent. it was a as good a half of football as we've maybe played so far in the season. Yes, yeah, it was very it was very impressive and and when we began the second half again we we came out traps pretty quickly and 2-1 was absolutely deserved 10 minutes in mm-hmm. I felt um uh what I very much enjoyed about this is um the half starts with a very good chance for Rusecki's yeah uh put through by uh Pachlotnik again I think and he's sort of to the left hand side of the penalty area gets it and dawdles and Mandos is out very quickly to block what ends up being a fairly tame effort from Rusek. Mm-hmm. However, two minutes later, the exact same thing happens and he makes absolutely no mistake. Yeah. Fires it in off the far post and uh, his celebration, like right in front of us and the fans have just, like <laughs> really gone. Like that is a man who missing a chance for, or, or, you know, a very weak effort with a bit of a dawdle and a bit of a panic two minutes before. Exactly the same situation later, and he really sticks it away with a bit of emphasis. Like this is a man playing yeah. with confidence. Yeah, here, it pumped people up. Um, yeah, it really, especially did, didn't because it? I mean, this, that, and the Prichigo uh, are the first times that we've been ahead mm-hmm. in uh, the the first league since the season began, and the maybe the big problem for that was, and this is a personal failing. And I'm old enough and I've seen enough of this team to know better. But at that point, I was quite sort of, you know, feeling quite good and going, we're going to take something out of this game. At least a point. Yeah. Ten minutes later. (laughs) Yeah, ten minutes later, um, Jakub Alexeyevich Chernin takes uh, a break from ice fishing in a a hockey rink and uh, rises like a salmon he failed to catch. As a corner comes in and absolutely wallops ahead of his own goalkeeper. It's a great finish. It's a hell of a leap, isn't it? Dear me. He is. <laughs> what, a, mean, what a finish it is. He's, but, he's yeah. head and shoulders above everybody. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a big lad, but he really gets up and, uh, yeah, thumps ahead of Pastflutter. <laughs> and that's 2 2. Um, yeah, yeah, that was. I mean, it was just bizarre. I mean, there was just sort of like there was a sort of a combination of oh fuck's sake and stunned silence at that. Yeah. And from then on, you're like, okay, we need some time to regroup because at that point, um, Zbrojovka, first league started to to show every so often there was quite a lot of misplayed passes, people not you know working hard enough to get into space, get second balls, and yeah. so on. You felt they needed to calm down, sort of regroup. Because there'd been enough showing on the day so far to think that you could really take the game to Sigma and then maybe go on yeah, to uh, exactly. If you said something. if we if we could regroup and, re- and gain control of the game in midfield again, yeah. that would have been great. And that w- once again a Sigma side that didn't look anything near um, like their performance in the league so far had suggested. Yeah. yeah, I was I was expecting a lot more of them, seeing as they'd been sort of swatting three and four past people recently. But <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they eventually did stick for the spoilers. Spoiler alert. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we did not take control in midfield because what happened then was um, Rusek actually has a decent chance for a second and then the referee pulls it back for a foul by Vanyek and this is where a bit of immaturity and a bit of lack of experience comes in. But most of all, it comes in from somebody who should know better, which is Vanyek, who got nobbled for the foul in the first place. Mm-hmm. Everybody stops, including Vanyek, who should know far better. Olomolts take a quick free kick. Vanyek is still pacing after the referee and it... yelling and bollocking yeah. and just strike, like not making any effort and nobody else is making any effort. So the quick free kick goes through and Falter gets on the end of it and it's 3-2, basically. And it's just, yeah, it's a bit of a... I mean, he's right. It's not a foul. But play to the whistle sound. I know. I know it's not a foul. But that from the most experienced player and the player who's played at the highest level is absolutely inexcusable for me. I it's not a yeah, foul, but I don't even know if it was really Vanya Vanya's problem as much as it was that the the, the back three just completely just fell asleep and uh, I don't know what they were trying to do. 
um, when that happened. It was just looked like, an, for me, it was defensive cock-up rather than Vanek. Yeah, but my point still stands. Yeah. I think that, you know, you've got half an hour to go mm-hmm. in a game where, as you said, we need to get back control of the midfield. He should be the person responsible for that. Yeah. And just petulantly striding after the... Not even... Just let it go. Get on with yeah. it. Or was it Set actually, an example. Or was it actually the fourth that was the defensive cock-up? Uh, they were... That oh, was that's the, the, not the answer I'm the looking last for. One, the last one was actually um, uh, tops off Chernin's bad day. He slips and misses an interception and it goes that's through what to Zivchak. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm getting my... I mean, I, I just forgot about that third goal, I, I assume, because I've had it erased from my memory. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, yeah, Czerny not having the best day he'll ever have. Yeah. Just say everything, everything that I said there, just apply it to that goal, listener. Um, yeah. Um, Zivchak goes through, and with 15 minutes to go, that's pretty much your lot, unfortunately. Yes, and what we were saying at the end of it anyway is some people were um, extremely miffed at this result. Um I, I don't know if I was as much as sort of just very disappointed because I think we'd shown enough that we could have um, really got something out of it. And it really was our own mistakes that ended up costing us. Um, but again, this was a very experimental team which was reacting to some horrible problems that we've had sort of off the pitch in terms of um, player injury. Yeah. Um, also, there was... Ban f- in the case of Stefanovski. I mean, there was five, five, five players out with COVID symptoms as well. Let's not forget that. Um, there's obviously, and the right to not say which players have had it or whatever, but it was really noticeable that you had a starting 11 in a bench without the likes of Adam Fosek, without the likes of um, Marek Winter, yeah. who is often used as an impact sub strong possibilities that they're having to self-isolate. So we really weren't at a, at our strength. But it's very strange that I think that the two games that we've played best this season, that and the um, Bohemka game where we got a point, were highly experimental teams with players coming back, etc. It's very strange. We're going down the hole now of partly from necessity and partly because of tactics, that we're going to be seeing a very different 11, I think, every week until we get a win. And then it's going to be repeated. So I, I don't really know how I feel about this. I am not for it, I have to say. Not no, right now. No, I wasn't. I mean, this goes back to our last podcast where we were talking about Mahalik's um, comments that he's going to switch things up a little for each uh, opponent. And it's like, well, I mean, you don't really need to because we're not a tricky team you know, in the, you know, sixth or seventh in La Liga who have these little overlapping centre-backs or these sort of tricks and false this, that and the next things. It's You just need a team that can actually play a ball, get the ball in the box and get goals. Yeah, every every time we played well last season, I know that's a totally different league, but every time we played well last season, it was because we, knew, we were very well drilled and we knew exactly what we were doing. Yes. As we said, there was uh, somebody who had a particularly uh, bad day against uh, Sigma, and uh, so I'm going to give him a slightly a slightly better time now, which is nice, isn't it? Jakub Alexeyevich Chernin had worked hard for a number of years. He was now one of the most respected workers at Yulianovsk's tractor production Soviet number 702. And so he and two colleagues, Dmitry Anatolievich Alenichev and Alexander Vladimirovich Mostovoy. Yes. Problem? No. <laughs> were sent away on business. To this end, they were permitted to stay at Omsk Sleep and Recreation Facility number 427 overnight. Wasn't that a womble? No, oh, Tomsk was a womble. Omsk has a sleep and recreation facility. <laughs> or hotel. Um, in, the, in the evening, the talk turned to politics. Presently, the wary Yakub Alexeyevich advised caution. You'll never know who might be listening. Spies, traitors, or worse, our own leaders. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
His colleagues dismissed this with an airy wave. Ah, oh, you worry too much, they smiled. This irked Jakub Alexeyevich, who decided to play a joke on them to regain his honour. Excusing himself, he made his way downstairs where he asked the receptionist to bring three glasses of vodka in precisely 15 minutes. Returning to find his friends still discussing politics, at the right moment he leaned forward and spoke clearly into a flower pot that was standing on the dresser. Comrade Major, could you bring us three glasses of vodka? Sure enough, within seconds, the receptionist arrived with the vodka. Alenichev and Mostovoy both turned white as a sheet, gulped down their vodka and slipped silently out of the room to bed. Satisfied with his joke, Jakub Alexeyevich went to sleep with a smile. The next morning, our protagonist awakes to find his friends gone. Concerned, he goes to ask at reception of their whereabouts. They were arrested in the night, says the receptionist matter-of-factly. You would have been arrested too, but the comrade major very much enjoyed your joke. That, like, does he have a time machine? He goes between the 19th he and does. 20th centuries so, so he does. easily. He's a remarkable fellow. He's just... He really is. He's, I mean, jokes at that time really were shite, weren't they? Yeah, they like, were. Yeah. I mean, the, these these are genuine, like, Soviet-era yeah. jokes. So, you know, you know, I'm a lot fun... No, I'm not. That's a lie. I like how you were going to cheer him up for his performance against Sigma Olimos and it turns out you cheer him up the story about his mates getting arrested. He wasn't. <laughs> Great. Exactly. His friends called Elka and Sedlak, they're, uh, well, in this case, Mostovoy and uh, um, Elenichev, was it? Yes. Those late 90s Spanish football heroes. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I need a drink after that. What do you reckon? I go for it. podcast now on the train back from Pulzen you were bemoaning the fact slightly that even though Bono is a very very super foodie city there's one type of food or takeaway food you didn't think we did very well here which was Chinese food Chinese yes that's not Bono that's the oh. entire country. Ah, right, I see. Okay. No good, like, my idea of a Chinese, which is nothing like the stuff they eat in China. Right. But the stuff okay. you have on a Friday night. <laughs> right, okay, know? I see, yes. Uh, because I would say, if you do ever visit Bono, as food cities go, this is, I would say, the best in the Czech Republic. This is a There's a lot of everything. Is this a prelude to a Chinese beer? Not exactly. Is that a sweet and sour beer? Now, this is a company... This is uh, a collaboration between Raven of Pulzen and Zichovets. Oh, okay. So, may I present to you Mango Sticky Rice Beer. <laughs> Ooh. Yes. Is Mango- that a 17 in the sense of it being Of a- it being 7% alcohol, yeah. 7% alcohol? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so Mango Sticky Rice beer. I have no idea what to expect about this. I eat a lot of sticky rice actually. This is, uh, this was actually suggested to me by the owner of the Oranjova uh, pub in Lysham where I went to get this, uh-huh. which was the home of um, uh, delicious cupcake beer. Was it rice to meet him? Yes, it was. Good. Yeah. Reminded me of my Uncle Ben. <laughs> Was it was it also as racist as those old uh, those old Uncle Ben adverts? So did he did he recommend the um, the um, the sticky rice beer to you? And then a thousand Chinese people on bicycles came past. Um, he was <laughs> disclaimer. This is a lie. He was so racist I had to smother him with a pillow. Just, just before people start thinking that we're culturally insensitive, I believe that sticky rice is actually more of a Southeast Asian thing, particularly in Vietnam and Laos. Or Laos? Or, or Laos? 
I say Laos. I don't Laos. know. Anyway, Louise. Remember Louise? <laughs> Louise had as that, in had that pop career for a bit. As in Mrs. Red Mrs. Redknapp. Yes, turned up at an Aberdeen game once with uh, with an Aberdeen top on and was apparently a celebrity fan for about five minutes. Never oh, heard about it again. That's nice, isn't it? Anyway, mango, um, sticky rice. mango sticky rice beer. It's very, very, very thickly yellow coloured. You it said is. it looked like Fanta, and it does look exactly like Fanta. It smells exactly like a Rubicon. Oh, yes, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. For our, for our friends back in the UK and not in the Czech Republic, I don't think you get Rubicon here. Um, <laughs> I hope it tastes of rice. I really do. That would be really bizarre. Just here we go. Think, think on that. Here we go. I immediately know that's 7%, man. That's got a real kick. Wow. Oh, God, yeah. There's like coconut. Yes. Yeah. Very, very coconutty, coconut isn't it? Yeah. But on, on the, the end, end, it's quite, quite it's very, very aggressive, aggressive on the end, isn't it? It is. Yeah. That is. That is I'm, not, I'm not a massive fan of that. It's a, it might be a growl, but I'm not sure. It's, um, it's more coconut than anything. It's slightly mangoey, but then it's, it gets very sort of, I don't know, sort of gloopily sharp is the only way I can describe it. And then it's just, it's, it's sort of a bit aggressively nothing on the end. Can I offer a slight left of centre comparison Go on, here? Yeah, of course you may. Um, right. Do you remember Charlie Chalk? He's got a funny way of walking and a wacky way of talking. Yes. Um, there was an episode of Charlie Chalk. Oh, this is all right. Um, this is going to be where good. they were all talking about because they're all on, like on this island. I think they're marooned or some shit like that. Yeah. And they they all talk about how um, they miss all the food from back home, like cakes and cheese and, right. and roasts or whatever. And Charlie Chalk or somebody associated with Mr. Chalk um, makes <laughs> uh, makes them all this dinner and it's all this spread and it's like wow, it's got real cheese and it's all this and yeah. stuff like that. And everything tastes of bananas and coconut. Because all they have is bananas and coconut, so they made everything and it right. looks all like cheese, but it's actually just bananas and coconut. This is what I'd imagine would have been served at that party under the guise of it being lager. Yeah, I can see that. By the way, on that show, I can't imagine how Trader Jones was getting any of his business. You know, if he was getting supply ships in to restock his little shack, surely they could have yeah. been rescued. That's a scam. It's... <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to write in. Yeah. <laughs> dear, dear defunct cartoon program. Yeah, dear Mr. We run, Chalk. A, <laughs> we run a small podcast out of a city in South Moravia. Yeah. yeah. We, we we think the following things are wrong with your premise. <laughs> I was One. I was disappointed to note, comma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a really interesting beer. It is no blueberry um, muffin. Uh, cake, cupcake, thing, sour pastry, sour. No, it, it really is. It's isn't. an interesting one for sure. Yeah, it is interesting. Um, so we're going to move from uh, something interesting into something even more interesting for me, at least, ladies oh. and gentlemen. It's the return of railway station jingles. Oh my god. It is indeed. Time again, after a year off, for a bit of railway station jingle action, and I could not be more pleased. So, uh, so old now, since uh, <laughs> or so long since we uh, did the jingles that the jingles no longer exist. Yes, Cheske Drahi, the soulless bastards, have removed all the individual jingles from the station, but that has not stopped those. <laughs> Yes, yeah. and those good folks at Nadrajni uh, Hlasheni uh, from keeping their website up and running. So Pulzen uh, has a piece of music called Pulzenska, uh, sorry, Pulzenska Vieš Previšuje Kopce, which means the tower in Pulzen overlooks the hills, I think mm -hmm. is the closest translation you could get, um, which... I mean, I suppose it does. They do have a good tower on a yeah. church, etc. Um, the railway station section sounds like this. Which is a weird sort of doesn't really go anywhere sort of noise. Uh, but the original is full of... Well, it sounds like this. Oh, 
What instruments do you think are going on there? Because I think there's a hurdy-gurdy in the background. I but... think there's a hurdy-gurdy in the background. It sounds exactly like one. But I have no idea what is going on over the top. Some kind mm -hmm. of... Were hurdy-gurdies a thing here? I don't know. Because Cause... it also sounds quite bagpipey. And they did have sort of bagpipey things. I'd, I'd say more of a gurdy, just because... Uh... They were quite popular, I believe, in Austria. Really? No, Hungary even. You can still get, um, I think there's quite a famous hurdy-gurdy manufacturer that's still there. Oh, okay. I, I've seen some videos of people playing them online, and they look like such a laugh. And, you know, to the point you go, wouldn't mind picking up a cheap <laughs> one of those and, or, you know, and giving it a go. It's just a drone, isn't it? Like a handle. You turn the handle, it gives you crank a handle. You crank a handle and then it has, um, it has keys, almost like an accordion to an extent. Oh, okay. It's like seven or eight keys on yeah. it um, and, and so on. The problem is that they're quite rare. They're very, very difficult to manufacture and I'm they're sure, all pretty yeah. much handcrafted. So you are not getting one for less than about 1,500 euro. Wow. Because I looked. Because <laughs> okay. I was like, I was like, if I could get one for like 300 or uh -huh. something... Just as a laugh thing, you know, in the same way I have an Omnicord. Yeah. Like, just not necessarily to make music that I'm going to record, but just to have a laugh with. And it was like, no, I guess it's a little bit too much because, mm. you know, that's the price of a Gibson Les Paul. Yeah. So, no, yeah. no thanks. Um, did we like Pilsen as a town? I really liked Pilsen yeah, as a town. Yeah, me too. I thought I too. it was... Um, I think you were saying it was very much like Ceska Burjevice, and I was uh, inclined to agree. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of really nice spots. Uh, I would have, I think I'd like to go back and do it properly in the set, like not in the sense that we weren't doing it properly, but we were basically went there, saw a couple of sites, and were just drinking. It'd be a lot nicer had the weather been better. Like if there had been outdoor pubs and things to go if to, I think it would have been really ago, nice. Yeah. It would have been lovely. Um, it still was lovely, um, quite affordable, I felt. Yeah. The brewery had some nice um, beer, I guess, and, <laughs> yes. and general food fare. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, interesting church. I think it's a church of St. Bartholomew, I think, which only has one spire. Now, it's a sort of slightly lopsided looking thing if you Google it, because um, one of the spires was uh, hit by lightning uh, a few a uh, hundred years ago, and um, unfortunately, uh, nobody ran a cable down it to a DeLorean, so there was no time travel involved, unfortunately, oh, but they never bothered to rebuild it. They just kept it looking a bit lopsided. The other interesting religious structure is it is apparently home to the third largest synagogue um, outside the kind of, you know, traditional sort of Jewish world. It's after New York is the largest Mm -hmm. Then Budapest, weirdly, is the second. And Pulzen, for oh. reasons unknown, is the third. We didn't get to see it, but I, I, it is I mean, a mighty re edifice. Reasons, reasons unknown. I mean, I'm assuming a lot of Jews used to live there. That's well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, it just seems, you know, why not Prague or why not, you know, I don't know. True. It's, it just seems a slightly more unlikely place. Yeah, because Brno's, Brno's synagogue is quite small, isn't yeah. it? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there we go. That's uh, that's your pool's end. Mm -hmm. uh, we did eat some uh, food. We did at uh, Nashville at the brewery. Because yeah, you you sort of have to, don't you, if you're in Pills and you have to go to the original source of the original well, source. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did a very brief one of these. Here we are in Pulzen then with the first Rabbits review of the new season, except it's not. It is it is a bit chubby plets, David. But we are taking it's been a hot minute since we did a review of some of the delicacies available. Here at Naspilze in Pilsen authentic cutlery noises and eating things. Um, I'm going to get right into it because it's probably very loud and we're probably not going to use this at all. You've got your uh, selection of dumplings there as well. Oh my body, that's, that's very good. That's very good. Good, uh, good use of the caraway seeds going yeah. through it. Pork as soft as you want, you know, good, I mean, not the most amazing dumplings in the world, but they'll certainly do. And came lightning fast, actually. Yes. I think we ordered
five minutes ago, if that. So. Well, there it is, the first rabbits review of the season. Thank you, and this. So that was uh, fairly delicious. I think you enjoyed your plets, would you say? It's been a hot minute since we did a, an, a Vrabets or an approximation of a Vrabets review. Indeed. Ever since we said that we were going to do it as a thing on a podcast, we've never got a we've chance been to able do. to get one of them. Yeah. Know? And that's been it. Nowhere else we have been has offered it on the menu. Yeah. The ribs were okay, but not as good as, I would say, oddly prostioff. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say the pickles. The bowl of pickles on the side, which pickles I was were, given. P- which were the good. greatest pickles I've eaten, I think. They were oh so good. The ribs were decent. Not as good as in Prostioff, and not as good as Uchapa in Brno. Still, I think, the finest source of ribs. And, 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 and of course, home of the Chaposlav as oh, well. Oh, the Chaposlav. Oh, baby. The, uh, the coleslaw coutremont. Anyway, I'll tell you what was not tasty. The, the game. game. <laughs> In my head, she'll probably chop it up. She says she likes a man or two be vacant. Where she said and look mistake and keep it up. Yeah, she got pasture, I get dry, she got moisture. This is like you won't believe. This is like you won't. Well, that was uh, a bit of the song Victoria Pulls In by a band called Pisky Sits, which I have never heard of, but uh, our friend John Griffiths recommended that we listen to, and it's jolly good. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the football club. No. But it just has. The name Victoria, so why not use that as a as a name? Yes, um, I guess uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the um, the game against Victoria Pilsen now, and it would be remiss to not mention that we took in the game in a rather different way than we would normally do. Yes, outside the ground. Yes, not even outside the away sector, just aware outside a bit. Yeah. So that was fun. Yeah. It so actually, kind of, it actually was kind of fun. It's the the best football match I've never seen. Yeah. <laughs> or, or the best football experience I've never had, I suppose. It's, just, it's a bit like um, going back to um, the, you know, the, the scathing review of um, Tim Lovejoy's yeah. um, book where he says his favourite player of all time is Johan Cruyff and then admits that he's only ever seen the Cruyff turn. Yeah. It was a bit like that, I guess, in the football sense. We had already planned to go to Pilsen um, before the announcement that there were going to be no uh, away fans there. On Friday, thanks for that. Uh, and we decided rather than to cancel everything to go anyway. Yeah. Um, and then we're, we're still a bit unsure about the um, if the uh, 2,500 limit um, of um, spectators was actually a percentage of stand thing like it was a few weeks ago. Turns out it's not, um, and I think it's now 2,000. But uh, we went down to the ground anyway, just in case there was something on the door or a chance to get a ticket. And it turns out that we were not the only Zborovka fans there. Yeah, I think of Brunazzi there would have been 15, 15. probably. 15, some of the usual suspects. Yeah. Uh, and very nice to see some of our friends who we have uh, met f- um, already on um, at Zbrojovka Games who are supporters of Victoria themselves and who yeah. occasionally come and watch us play. So very nice to uh, connect with them again. He says using LinkedIn terminology. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> no, it was Thanks nice. for it reaching was, out. Yeah, it was very nice. It was... It was, it was Convivial. Lots of, yeah, lots of... Lots of Star, our gentleman, how are you? Lots of that going Too on. Too many people calling me English for my liking. Yeah, well, that, that's true, yes. Um, 
And also a very big uh, shout out to Ben, our new footballing mate, who yes. bravely took the journey with us despite eventually knowing he wouldn't actually get to see a game, but he came anyway. He's, he's put a lot of trust in this as well because he's coming to uh, Karvina on... He's not uh, coming to Karvina, he's no, coming he's, to the game. But. No, he's going to go to Karvina, he's going to stand outside the stadium. Uh, <laughs> it's happening. Yeah, we, um, he's, he's got our trust now, we can tell him anything. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we didn't see the game. However, there is video available online if you want to see it now. I'm going to give you the lineup, including a sound effect that I'm going to add in whenever I now mention this guy's name. You'll know it when it appears because it will appear. So we started actually with Schuster in goal rather than Floda, which I don't know why that happened, but it did. And we started with a back four of. <laughs> can we just can we just take a yeah. moment there to just be like. We started with a back four, because I think that's kind of yes. significant. Well, now, the idea was, you remember when we were talking about the Olomouc game, when you said there was a lot of space in where the wing back should be, Yes, because we were playing a three. This, I think, was a reaction to that. Mm -hmm. As you will see in some minutes, it did not fucking work at all. Mm -hmm. Anyway, our back four was Stepanovsky, Zoran! Gajic. Yeah, that's Zoran. Zoran Gajic, our new big Serb defender. Uh, Havica and Shural, an actual back four. Mm -hmm. Of actual back four players. Then Pachlopnik, Vanjek, Sedlak. Uh, new signing writer on loan from... Um, Bani. Bani Kostrava. Mr. Writer! Are these the sound effects? I thought you were going to put them in. That's... That's two. <laughs> Put them in via your mouth. When you get the edit back, you hear the sound effects. I can't do them live, but oh, baby. Do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven's a place on earth. They say in heaven, love comes first. Who made heaven a place on earth? When you hear this back, I'll have put that in as well. Ooh, baby, do you know that's worth? Nice. Anyway, there's <laughs> a... <laughs> You're getting an, an insight into how this very professional podcast works. You'd think up I'd front, know after about two years of it. Up front, and Rusek. <laughs> um, straight out of the box, I thought that team was okay. Yeah. Except for Schuster, which I had the same misgivings of um, you. It was very much, it was giving me um, Pavel Schuster vibes of um, I'm playing whoever reacts best to training um, stuff. And I don't know if it was because um, notionally um, Flutter let in four goals arguably not his fault um, and it's gonna. this is just going to keep happening but we've done it a couple of times this season we've had Schuster in for spurious reasons thing is I think teams have already sussed him out he's not a catcher mm -hmm. he's not a catcher if you just keep peppering him with shots we're going to talk about the game in, in a second I know but can I just point out as well that Fortuna had him as the man of the match for Zborovka Martin Schuster for Zbrojovka, not the man of the match, obviously. Yeah. Well, they, they give two men of the match. <laughs> <laughs> so, one for the one for the, for the winning the, team, one the for overall, the losing team. The overall, right, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, the weird thing is that's probably fair because of how utterly, utterly awful the rest of them were. But yeah, anyway. Um, we... Heard the end of the, what I guess is the Victoria Pools and Anthem, and then a cheer went up as the game kicked off. And then a minute later, a bigger cheer went up as Victoria Pools and went 1-0 up immediately. I uh, put on Facebook, it's 30 seconds in, and that's, what, 1-0 after 30 seconds? Your friend of mine, Marek Fisher, replied, hmm, 65. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Anyway, um... It was such a simple goal. It was just uh, Pavel Bucher down the left, squares it. Alex Chermak runs from midfield, slots it in from 10 yards out. Um, what an easier goal you will rarely see. I was immediately upset watching these, uh, watching, and, and actually I put it up on, I put it up on Twitter, like a, a video of my reaction to this when um, seeing this. It's, um, it annoys me because, you know, we were talking about that pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then also like, 
how many times are we going to have someone just completely unmarked in a box this season? Because I think it's been at least six or seven times that we've conceded like very similar sort of mm-hmm. things like that because someone hasn't been getting picked up. Yeah, runners it's from midfield. becoming a fucking theme, man. Um, I did quite like Freestyle's sort of like lunge to it and made him slide off the pitch almost <laughs> trying to get the ball. And that just showed how bad it was really. Um, and then, yeah. Actually, one thing we can see from this opening goal which and, and the sort of sort of a couple of minutes of highlights that follow is our one massive failing in this game and it has been a failing in a lot of other games as well is no pressure on the ball whatsoever pulls in are like when players get the ball they're allowed three four five touches before they even have to look up and make a decision it's really just it's so amateurish there's no positional sense there's there's very little very little actually, you know, one-to-one marking. There is a there is a thing on the highlights where they they do a kind of comedy Benny Hill fast forward of a Pulzen player, I can't remember who it is, running from basically their corner flag about 70 yards and nobody coming within 15 yards of him the whole run. I it's think, utterly ridiculous. I think I told you this at the time, but can you remember the percentage of possession that Baroka Bruno had in the first half? Was it below 20? Not quite. It was 25%. Yes. Overall, we had 35%. It's not good, in the 19 is it? Minutes. No, it's not good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this manifests itself in... There was a there was a massive miss from uh, Jean-David Bogel, who, if he'd had his shooting boots on, could have had a hat-trick. He's a fucking unreal today. footballer. Can I just put that out there? He's a fucking unreal footballer. Like, and, like, I think that that Victoria Pilsen squad is going to finish third right yeah. I think they're two better teams in it but that team is still fuck me it that's is, a good it team it is good and like they absolutely just swatted past those um, Danish mob in uh, in, in Europe well. um, no no Midtjylland is uh, oh Slavia. yeah sorry this is um, Sonderske I think Sonderske that's right with the big yeah. e at the that's end right, of it they yeah. 3-0'd them I think 3-0'd 3-0'd I'm getting all the American stuff in today um, and they just look good yeah they do um, we go 2-0 down uh, a uh, a, a very nice finish from uh, Honza Kopitz, actually, after a flicked header over the top from that man, Bucha, again, uh, second assist for him. Who was Fortuna's man of the match, man That's of the match. That's not a surprise, yeah. Um, again, I don't want to go on and on and on about our defence, but how many times has that also been a goal this season already? Popping this, one over the back? Mm. Yeah, and and again, like, it's this... It's this weird combination of no pressure and the wrong pressure because all the pressure is on Bucha, who has his back to goal and has the easiest job in the world to just flick it over the back. Yeah. Like he's big, and then and then that massive gap between defence and goalkeeper, uh, Coppets runs through. It's a nice finish, by the mm-hmm. way. It's a very clean slot home. Mm-hmm. But yeah, dear me. Yeah, it, it's all the defensive stuff is all getting a bit Eric Andre with the gun going, who could have done this? You know, like. Did you also, I, I also noticed, by the way, the absolute last person to keep running because once um, Coppets was through, basically everybody stopped and just mm-hmm. let him go. The only person back, the, per, the person at left centre back was Reiter mm-hmm. hurling himself in. He clearly knows he wants to play. Mm-hmm. And he knows what it takes at this level. And he was... He looked okay. Yeah. There was a couple of... We had a couple of wee wee chances and bits and pieces where he was seemed to be the one advancing the ball. Yeah, he did um, a lovely thing towards the end of the first half where he sort of tricked his way into the box, squared it. Stefanowski couldn't do anything with it. But basically, we go in at half-time 2-0 down. Um, We get a bizarre penalty where... Oh, sorry, they get a very bizarre penalty at the start of the second half where Zoran clips Coppet's ankle. It's a weird one. The, I, the thought it was, to... I thought it was supposed to be some sort of elbow or something. I don't know why yeah. they were VARing it. I couldn't work out what it was because neither of them were looking at the ball. Coppet's was sort of already going down and, and Zoran just... He just nicks his ankle, but he's not looking towards him. He's not looking to... Like, it's a... How can you VAR it's it? It's a racing incident, as How far you as I'm concerned. How do you VAR it, like, ten times and think it's a penalty? I don't understand why that is 
you know, some sort a of penalty. penalty. And Ruzik's obvious handball in the area is, is not. That's a pe- is that a penalty? As well, though, I think it probably is. I think it is because yeah. it just because it's just a lack of control on Rusek's part because it goes off his foot right into his arm, and yeah. I mean not even like uh, you know we glance whatever. It's like yeah, right there. Yeah, and then there's a massive shout as well, and the referee just waves it. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, Bojel scores the penalty, like Schuster almost got it as yeah, well. Yeah, it, 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 it wriggled under, under his him. body. Man. Yeah, I felt really bad for the man because I think that would have been yeah. Um, Something to take away from the So game. we're 3-0 down. Um, Hladik, with some absolute opportunism, gets mm-hmm. us back to 3-1. Mm-hmm. It's a tricky little finish. Can I just point out there that when Hladik scores that goal, he looks absolutely fucking delighted. Does, and, and like full of sort of energy and a bit of sort of belief. Yeah. And it, and that's, you know, Jan Hladik who came on in the second half, mm-hmm. right? Like, if like we, we're going to need people that care... I think because the one thing that puts us in this, like I mean, it's very early in the season, right? But one thing that when we went down last time was it got to about the last ten matches and nobody cared. Mm. Like, I mean, the fans stopped caring at some points. It was just like inevitable. Like, we're going to need people to actually have that hashtag belief going through the season if we are going to get anything. Yeah, I mean, even even if they're doing it for selfish reasons, because, I mean, this is Laddie, basically, it's, I mean, we were saying he's 27, 28, and this is his first shot at, if, if he can at get, the first league. If he wants to perform even for himself and can drag us out of this, I'm fine with that. If he gets eight or nine goals this season, as he'll probably try and fancy himself to do, he's going yeah. he, to be up there with our top scorers, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Who will be around that level, I think. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we get it back to 3-1, and uh, then it really, truly is, if it wasn't before, game over when uh, Ariel Balois, who uh, has only been on for six minutes, gets free down the right, uh, comes to the far side of the box, uh, puts it all the way across the box for Tomasz Horova to score the goal of the game mm-hmm. by a very long way, with a beautifully guided mm-hmm. first-time volley back across the goal, in at the far post. It's a lovely finish. 800k well spent, maybe, on Balois. Indeed, yes. 800k well spent indeed. So that was that then, really, wasn't it? When you have players like that coming off the bench, you know it's yeah. a problem. Like, so, do you want silver linings? Yeah, go on. Because we've played Sparta and Pilden. We've That's only got true. Slavia to worry about of the big, big guns. Yeah. Um, if you would like a less, um, uh, if you would like, you know, um, to counter that. Just linings. Yeah, we've um, <laughs> we've also conceded more goals than any other team in the um, in the league so well, far. We have conceded 15 goals. Yeah. Um, I think second is somebody like Zlin or someone like that with 11. Mm. Uh, it's not good uh, at the moment. And I don't want to carp on about this because I've done this for how many how many games, how many um, podcasts are we in? Is this, this our is third episode one? three uh, okay, of this so season. Is, so every single, every single time, um, I'm just going to keep it short and sweet. We can't defend. Yes. Um, that's definitely a not, but should we take some other... Hots as well. Oh, we oh yeah, that's a section, isn't it? Yeah, I did we do forget. that. Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's get let's make this a hive of positivity. Yes. You look really confused for a minute. I don't know. It's that it's the sticky rice is getting to me. Maybe <laughs> uh, right, hot or not next. Can you tell me what you think is hot or not? Can you tell me what you think is hot or not? If you listen regularly, you should know instinctively. Here's the bit we say what's hot or not. That was pretty rubbish. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you even know? I, I don't even know the name of that song, but it's a popular sort of chant. Is it not, sort of is it not just She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain? It uh, is She'll Be Coming Around the Mountain. mountain. It isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, she'll be riding six white horses or something. Yeah, all right, fair enough, yeah. Um, how many do you have? Uh, one of each. Yes, me too. Okay. Okay, one of each. Mine, mine, are, mine are reasonably short. My, um, uh, so are mine, actually, oh, yeah. Okay, fantastic. Would you like to get us going with a hot? Um, yes, I'll give you a hot. Um, animals on the pitch, Sam. Uh-huh. Um, a couple of weeks ago. You know, you said it's really annoying when a good hot or not comes on like a day after we do the podcast. Yes. Alpaca on the pitch. Alpaca? 
Yes, in a... Mexico? No, in a um, some kind of Northern League game between Carlton Athletic and <laughs> Ilkley Town. <laughs> some lads alpaca just runs onto mm-hmm. the pitch. Mm-hmm. Um, there's sort of 30 seconds of brilliant footage where um, you can hear just sort of bizarrely confused laughter and like somebody going, it's an... Is that... Al- alpaca... What they call alpaca or, or a llama or something. Do they bite? Do they bite? <laughs> as 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 the captain of one of the teams goes to try and shoo it off the pitch. Really? So Did that we, happened. We didn't get like a Jimmy Greaves at the World Cup moment where like he tried to capture the alpaca and it pissed all over him or something. No, no. no. But the the uh, other one um, uh, soon after that. Um, <laughs> soon after there was another one. Um, it was mate. No, uh, this was um, Bruna. Bentiez or Beatiez of the Brazilian women's national team during a practice match, a macaw landed on her head. <laughs> That's fantastic. And um, they, like, one of the uh, sort of lads from the bench had to come on and using a football sort of slotted it on top of her head under the parrot's feet so it would have somewhere else to perch. Uh-huh. Oh, and that's how... So it sort of, like, replaced her head with the football... Oh, I see. And then sort of it got confused and flew off and then landed on the crossbar. So we had to shoo it away again. <laughs> but yeah, exotic animal pitch invasions is my hot of this That's a episode. good hot, actually. Good hot, isn't that it? That is decent, yes. Um, right, give me the opposite. Give me a not. Okay, mine is um, getting substituted in the first half. Right. So um, obviously one of the worst things... Always a, a, a hilarious stroke. One of the worst things, thing right, is to, to get... Happen, yeah. um, uh, substituted in the first half. Yes. Um, every professional fears it. But did you hear about what happened to uh, Lauri Soup of Numekalu of the Estonian League? Surprisingly... Oh! Yes, I did hear about this. But go on, uh-huh. explain it. I thought it was going to be something that obscure. I mean, it is that obscure, but I th- I have heard about this. But go on anyway. Yeah, so basically, uh, Numekalu were playing uh, Levad- uh, Levadia Tallinn, who are two of the biggest teams in, in Estonian football. And um, what happened was that um, Lauri Sup, who is 16, got um, he got substituted for um, a guy called um, Vladislav um, Homotov in the 13th second of the game. Yes. Because the Estonian league has this rule where you have to have two homegrown players starting for mm-hmm. you. And most of them have been isolating due to COVID. Yeah. So what happened is they kicked off. It went immediately back to the goalkeeper who booted it out of play. And then there was a, um, a substitution. Now, I tried to have a look around the internet. Um, and I think that this probably is going to be the fastest substitution in the world. I think it probably is, yeah. So that's something. Of all time, you mean. So, yes. Yeah. So, like, imagine being sort of in the world record but you know in the world record books but for that as well is well the... he knew what the deal was i read sure. a thing about the you know the manager afterwards saying like this was all because he was only like mm-hmm. he's only 16 or something yeah, 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 so yeah. Yeah. but still but i thought that was a curious thing but i would dislike being um subbed off in the in the 13th uh, 13th second and also uh no meh lost two one oh a shame. well there you go um i'll give you a not go on what I was going to do was going to be a very angry and like irritating not about you know VAR or COVID or something, mm. and I don't want to do that. I don't want to go into that right now. We all know what the deal is with all of that. Um, so I'm going to go with Gremio. Gremio. Yes. Of, um, okay. We keep it very very Brazilian, aren't we, David? So uh, yes. I mean, it's you know parrots and Gremio. So what's so. up with Gremio? Well. Um, Almost every Brazilian club has produced a special third shirt because this year is the 125th anniversary of football sort of becoming an organised sport in Brazil. Okay. So there's a big celebration of this, right? And loads of other teams have done very kind of classy uh, reimaginings of their badge, either taking it back to the very original badge Mm -hmm. or doing some kind of nod to it. Gremio's badge is, it's a sort of, 
a sort of blue circle, and it has the word Gremio across the middle. And it's blue-black in, in, in the back. It's, a, it's sort of a little, not, not too dissimilar to the old Juventus badge in some ways. Yeah, so it says Gremio across a black thing across mm -hmm. the middle of a blue circle that's yeah. supposed to represent a football. Anyway, um, their tribute to this is they've removed the word Gremio and just replaced it with the word foot hyphen ball. Was that their old name? No. Please. <laughs> no. Football. It, it like two, it just, two, it, two towns coming together. It's like Friedrich Mistek. Yeah. Yeah, it just says football in massive. It's rubbish. That's my not. That's not even football in Portuguese. No, it's not, <laughs> is it? No, it's useless. Great. Yeah. Like, I was, I was really, you know, I didn't want to do something angry, so I found the most flippant knot I could, and I think that was it. <laughs> That's um, good. All right, give me your final hot. Um, my hot is uh, Ferenc Varos qualifying for the Champions League group stage. Ferenc Varos. So, um, That's my Hungarian for you. Yeah, I mean, it feels increasingly these days that um, if you get a team from, uh, for example, so the smaller Central European leagues into something like the Champions League group stages, you've somehow you know broken into Fort Knox or, or, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So Ferenc Varos, um, and this is kind of how hard it is to, um, to get into the um, Champions League group stages is that they were champions of Hungary and they had to beat um, only the last game is over two legs so it was in the I think it's the playoffs onwards that you had two leg games but they had to beat Jurgarden, yeah. um, Celtic uh, Dinamo Zagreb and Molde that's ridiculous to get isn't in. it all of those now all of those are I think teams that you tend to beat on the way to get into Europa League anyway um, not Europa League Champions League and usually there's a bigger team in there but that's still a hell of an achievement for a, a, a club that last time got into um, the Champions League in 1995-96 in the groups. I was going to say because um, Ferenc Faros are one of those clubs that in my head, like as a kid, they were always, you know, potential banana skin, mm -hmm. you know, tricky away tie for a Wednesday night, yeah. etc. And it's, it is ridiculous that a Champions League where the champion of a country has to play how many games? Four ties. Two. So normally, in non-COVID times, that'd be eight legs. Yeah. Eight matches to get to the group stage of the AHEM Champions League. It's an absolute farce. It's just nonsense, but... That sounds them. like a knot, but it is a hot, because well done, Ferenc Farage. It is a hot, yes. Yes, well done. Anyway... We've got a couple of previews to go. That's um, Carvin out in the league. And we're not going to look forward to Pribram, I think is the one afterwards, because we have international, international break, break before then. So instead of that, you get to enjoy Scotland losing the Czech Republic. Yes. So uh, we're going to have a quick look at Carvin out after this. So, this Saturday? Saturday, Saturday, yes. Saturday at half past four. We've got Carvina. That's the team several, several months ago he didn't want to touch because they all had COVID. But now we must touch such a call. For, anyway, yeah. carry on. Um, big game. Big game for yes, two reasons. Game. One, we need to win. And two, this is going to be the last one we get to see live for some time. Because the new... Um, uh, assuming that this isn't overruled by the um, Chamber of Deputies, the state of emergency in the Czech Republic, which starts on Monday, is going to prohibit spectators at sporting events. Yeah. So we need to go and get a result. Yes. Um Carvina weren't great shakes last season, were they? No, dreadful. Mm -hmm. And hey, we're not great shakes this season. No, so fourteenth last season, um, looked terrible. Won five games all season, so could be like us. Um, also, they scored uh, twenty-five goals all season, which is pleasingly the fourteenth, fourteenth uh, in the table for oh, goals nice. scored as well. So nothing if not consistent. They have looked quite exciting this season. Mm. So three draws, a win against Opava, and a two-five loss to Sparta. Mm -hmm. um, do you want the fun stuff now? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they are 4-2-3-1 advocates. That's not right, fun, but they have ageing Czech-Greek striker Mikhail Papadopoulos. Oh, love front. that guy. 
So you're aware of uh, Michal Papadopoulos? I'm I'm aware of his work. He played in Germany for a bit. Formerly of Bayer Leverkusen. That's right, yes. And thrillingly, he played seven whole minutes for Arsenal against Wolves in the League Cup in February 2003. What? He went on, he went on loan. He was at, um, I believe he was at Banikostrava at the time. He went on a six-month loan to, um, to Arsenal or something like that. It might have even been a year, and he made one bench, and he had seven minutes playing for um, Arsenal in the League Cup. I would be a massive uh, fan if he had been given the cursed Arsenal number nine shirt. Yeah. Um, you know, also the, um, you, you know, also given to like you know Kim Kallstrom mm-hmm. and um, that South Korean lad they got from Monaco who barely started. Uh-huh. I bet he didn't, but that would be fun. Um. So they did. They got him this season. He's thirty-five, so he's long in the tooth. Pleasingly, he came. Do you know where he came from? Give me a clue. Polish. Uh, uh, Białystok. No, he came from Corona Kielce. Huh. The <laughs> irony. I like it. So, uh, yes. Um. Uh. Yuba Drame. Yes. Um. His cousin Sufian plays for them. As well. All right, fair so, enough. So, yeah, um, um, as we've already mentioned, or we mentioned, I believe, um, in our preview um, about Victoria Pilsen, um, they lost Balua, mm-hmm. and they also lost Andra Linger. Do you have to? Do you have to? Do you have to sell off Linger? Um, yeah, so they lost it this summer. They've decided to replace them through loans. Right. The two loans look really good. Uh-huh. So in two midfielders, they replaced. Um, so they replaced him with um, Tomas um, Ostrock, who's on loan from um, FC Köln. Oh, nice. So th- these guys are both like in their early twenties, something like that. And, and Christian Hertz, Slovak, uh-huh. whose birthday is today, the, um, or yesterday even the thirtieth. No, it's today's the thirtieth of September, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, happy birthday to Christian Hertz, who they've got from Wolves under twenty three. No mugs then, the both of them, so, I would imagine. Um, apparently, they've, they've been a very exciting team to watch, actually, this season. Um, they got um, They lost today to um, Vlasium in the cup. Right, yes. But their, um, their starting 11 had something like 180 minutes of football between them. <laughs> right, okay. Um, like, they were not taking it seriously. So, this is going to actually be... Um, like, if we were playing last season's Carvina... Yeah. Be reasonably confident. This time, like, I still think we can win, but we have to sort out the stuff at the back because we're just going to get ripped open by a bunch of young guys in midfield because, you Mm -hmm. know, our young guys in midfield are quite good at doing that sometimes. So I am hesitant to predict as Borovka win, but you feel that if we do not win, we're going to be in deep trouble. Yes, I would agree with both of those sentiments, uh, particularly seeing as we're at home as well. And yeah, like, I mean, if you were the manager, you would, you would absolutely mark this out, particularly coming into it in the form we're in now as this has to be the one. I'll tell you what actually annoys me. And I know that there was obviously, um, and this was, I'm assuming the request of our club um, playing on Sunday and not to play on Wednesday and move it to next week, the cup game with um, uh, Visocina Yihlava, um, which for reasons of time, I'm just going to jump into now, okay. if that's cool. But uh, I would have, because I think we will beat Yihlava because Yihlava, um, big fire sale, lost a lot of their good players that, um, to be honest, disappointed last season, and they've had a very average start to the, the league campaign so far in the second tier. Mm-hmm. Like, I, especially at home, we are very good against Yihlava at home. We're not so good away, generally. Um, but I think we have enough to obviously beat a second tier team, especially one that's weaker than the team that we played yeah. last season and um, convincingly beat last time out. But that would have given you the sort of the boost. It really I would, think. wouldn't it? Yeah. And we need a win from somewhere because we're not going to get over a hump until we have this boost. And next week, again, might be three points too late. But also, if we're going to be going to at least a month now where you cannot be in the stadium watching a team, you're going to lose a lot of the backing that the, that the supporters give a team mm. who are struggling up into a certain point 
once you start, I find this for most clubs, once you start routinely losing, like the mood sours and things turn very, very quickly. Yeah. We saw it last time as well. So while there's still goodwill, we want people going in there backing the team and specifically backing the team. Yeah, so yeah. this, I think these are going to be two huge games, not because I think that we're going to do well in the cup and should focus on it, but it's just going really to be a need confidence that kick up the arse, We need we? people to start scoring goals as well, I think. Yeah. I mean, we are you know scoring one or twos and stuff, but we need to be scoring one or twos or three without reply. Mm. And it could these things could very easily come to goal differences and heads-to-heads at the end of the season, but um, you don't want to be in that position because when it comes to that, heads-to-heads and stuff, that's then your very fine line between going down and staying up. Like, yeah. if we want to live up to the hype of Zbrojevka finishing 10th, as was predicted <laughs> in some quarters, we're going to have to actually start doing something. Yeah. And that's going to end us on a very, very sour note, unfortunately. But there are still tickets on sale, I believe, um, a limited amount, as we have 2,000 um, tickets for Saturday's match against Karvina as a half-past-four kickoff. If you have a Zbrojevka season ticket, you will be guaranteed entry, and all the rest of the tickets will be up for sale online. I don't believe that there are tickets on the door. So if you do see this, please go on to the club's website, see if you can nab a ticket and um, come out and back the team at the weekend. Indeed, yes. Uh, all those sentiments are repeated by me there. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, follow us on uh, all the social medias, on the Twitter, on the Facebook, mm-hmm. and uh, etc. and so forth. Uh, yeah, we will be back for you... In a fortnight. When we're back for you, yeah. Um, and we're going to play you out with, uh, well, the Hot or Not intro tune, which was should be coming around the mountain, but it's not that, obviously. Um, it's something that references Garth Crooks. So we will see you when we see you. Bye! There is surely nothing worse than washing sips. There is surely nothing worse than washing sips. With the possible exception of being Garth Crooks There is surely nothing worse than washing sieves Do you switch the kitchen light off with your chin? Do you switch the kitchen light off with your chin? When you're holding tea and toast and there's no one else about Do you switch the kitchen light off with your chin? When you're down beside the lake you're bound to hear When you're down beside the lake you're bound to hear when you're down beside the lake, you're bound to hear somebody say, Careful now, that swan could break your arm. That's when you got into, yeah, that's when you first got into the manics.